Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today's guest is Philip of The Mindful Mover. Philip and his wife Martina run an online training service where they basically help people get more gains in less time. Uh, I really love their philosophy when it comes to training. We talk about the fitness industry, their diet, uh, Charles Poliquin, and even about the time Philip got kicked out of movement culture. I really enjoyed the chat and I uh, hope you like it too. All right, man. Philip. <laughs> How's, it going? How's it going? Good, man. Mindful mover. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you have for breakfast today? Oh, man. What did Martina make today? I think she made just some ground beef. She put some aged uh, cheddar cheese on it. We had some sauerkraut with that, some rice, uh, some rice vinegar on that, uh, some egg yellows. Damn, that's that's not not a simple breakfast there. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, so we do intermittent fasting. We like twice. So uh, our breakfast tends dinner tends to be pretty, like, you know, like all all out. (laughs) Uh Wow. Oh, so you didn't. So when when, did you just recently have the breakfast? Um, Yeah, probably about two hours ago, actually. Oh, so you you do every day intermittent fasting, huh? You never like. Yeah. Fall off that roll. Wow. Okay. Okay. Cool, uh, man. I think I've been doing it for like a year and a half now. Yeah. Year and a half. Wow. And so you don't miss mm-hmm. breakfast still? Yeah. No. <laughs> do, you, do you do like the specific time window, sort of like 12 to 6 or whatever, you know how people do? Um, ours is usually like around 16, uh, 8 or like 18, 6. We're not too like super strict on it, but it's, it's usually or at least 16 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and more. So basically, you're just mostly skipping breakfast or brunch at yeah. those times, mm-hmm. and then yep. and late, late at night. And how much time yeah. do you give yourself before you go to sleep for food? Uh, usually around three to four hours. Oh wow, wow! So you guys are like really condensed. That's that's legit stuff. That's no fucking yeah. around. <laughs> it's a blast. It's a blast. We love it. Like it's, we've been doing it, we just love it so much. It feels great. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, man, because you know, I've sort of watched you guys, I've been a long time follower of yours on Instagram, so I've sort of watched you evolve from, uh, you know, maybe eating 20 capsules of uh, <laughs> all kinds of multivitamins for breakfast to, I guess, intermittent fasting. So times have changed. And, um, so, but, but just to start out, I mean, how did, what was your, you know, initial sort of beginning into the fitness quote-unquote whatever you want to call it uh lifestyle and all that stuff what did you do sports growing up something like that yeah so when i started uh when i was 13 i started martial arts okay Which um, one? i started doing muay thai first wow that's not okay cool man <laughs> it was a blast and then uh i started from there brazilian jiu-jitsu i went to wrestling um and i did that for a while and mm-hmm. then I also got into breakdancing with some of our friends at a time. Mm-hmm. And during one of our sessions, uh, one of the guys was like, hey, you know, you're kind of strong, Phil. You might want to look up B-Boy Jr. He's pretty cool. He can do planches. You might better do that, too. Planche. <laughs> so I go on the Internet, look up a planche. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that is cool. And I'm looking up B-Boy Jr. And this guy's like floating in the air doing push-ups. <laughs> I'm like that right now in my life yeah man so i google it i find the old um you know the, all the coach summer uh post and uh, oh so that led you straight I, into gymnastic bodies kind of stuff huh yeah, okay absolutely. okay so i was active on that board from like 2000 i think 12 okay for a while okay and, 
I learned a lot from them on that board. I, I basically learned about Ido Bertal, uh-huh. and um, he referenced Charles Poliquin. So I got involved in the movement culture, okay. and I got involved with Charles Poliquin. Okay, okay. And, and I just said, um, have you heard of Chirito? You know Chirito, the Russian? How much are you into the b-boy culture nowadays? Not too much, I Oh, no, not as much, sadly, no. I, <laughs> I don't really like the old school ones. Like my favorites were Junior, okay. Darkness, and Cujo. Okay, like, yeah, Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Those are like, you know, as far... They're like the most athletic non-athletes, I think, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. I mean, if, I, if anybody doesn't know anything, I mean, just look up some b-boy dancing. I mean, they just do wild stuff, I think, right? It's amazing. It's just like, wow, these guys just like heard of like, I uh, know, Isaac Newton's laws of mm-hmm. physics. They're just like, nah, but I don't believe in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the big part for me, which is like, they're just like having fun, right? That's, that's yeah. the, they're not really thinking about it as training or whatever, you know, six sets of this or whatever. So, which is, I think is pretty inspiring. So when you were doing gymnastics bodies, uh, did you sort of follow the typical kind of Coach Summers, you know, layout of doing things? Sort of three, I, three to fifteen repetitions, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. A, I did for a while. Uh, I found some of the volume to be really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I just be like in the grind in these workouts. Like I'm like, that's a lot of reps. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I can't count mm-hmm. that high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did that at first. I did some of like the workouts of the day and everything. And then later, when I went to Poliquin seminars, I started writing my own workouts. Okay. Um, and I went to like I think like. 20 seminars with Charles Poliquin or something like that. Wow, wow. So <laughs> this is back in the Poliquin biosignature days, right? Like when he yeah, had his yeah. own spot in um, Rhode Island, is it? That's Rhode right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Island, yep. So you actually went up to that to that gym, huh? Oh, I flew there like so many times. The people at the hotel nearby like, mm-hmm. just knew me. They're like, oh, hey, you're back. Wow, man. <laughs> so you actually you actually got to – at that time, was he still teaching some of the seminars? Because I know later days, it, it wasn't really him. It was all the students and stuff. Yeah, when I first went there, um, he was teaching at that point. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, it was fun. He, he even insulted me one time. I, I was there and I had a tank. <laughs> That's an honor home. in the Poliquin community. <laughs> 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 wearing a tank top and he he comes in and he says all right guys now first rule if you're going to wear a muscle shirt you have to actually have muscle oh <laughs> yeah says, oh yeah <laughs> poliquin did not like you flexing man <laughs> yeah. you're still doing it though I'm just kidding. And for those of you that are not watching, watching Philip is shirtless right now doing the podcast. So he's still flexing. He hasn't learned anything. get away with it. Oh, that's funny, man. Okay, so you did a lot of those. You know, I've I've done a few seminars with him, but it was after he moved on to being strength sensei. Um, okay. So I never got to you know work with at that gym. How how cool was that gym? It had a lot of equipment, all kind of stuff. Oh man, that gym was like like if you are a trainer, that gym was probably Disney World. Yeah. Like they had everything there. Like I'm talking squat racks that have like all the attachments on it. Mm-hmm. They had like you know uh, chains, bands, eccentric hooks, mm-hmm. like all sorts of stuff like that. Olympic lifting platforms. They even had bars. They're like these bars are for powerlifting, and these bars are for Olympic lifting. And it's like. <laughs> I didn't know there was any different in the bar. <laughs> Apparently there is. Like, apparently Olympic lifting bars have a little bit more whip to them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they spin oh a little God. more too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I didn't crazy. Know that until I went there and I was like, that's crazy. And so who was um, – was Derek Woodski, guys like that, they were still there when you were taking these classes? 
Yeah, he did my PICP level three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that with him. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I learned from Andre while he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benoit. Yeah. Um, Jeff, Jeff Bonda. He was. He came a little bit later. Um, Mary was there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and maybe Stefan, huh? Oh yeah, that's it. Uh, I went with um, Stefan Gazul as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, and I met with him later uh, in life uh, in California. Overhead his new gym, Kilo, which is also once again Disney World containers. It's awesome yeah, too. yeah, yeah. He lives about an hour away from where I am. Oh, so he, yeah, oh. I'm in LA. He's down in Huntington. So, yeah, I, I've been to what, what uh, their gym and um, one of their seminars too. Yeah, so it's cool, cool little like crew. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super, super Canadian vibe, or or Quebec, you know, Quebec Canadian because they're different, you know. They're so they they got their own vibe, and I like it because it reminds me of Russians a little bit, you know. But it's uh, it's on its own vibe, definitely. <laughs> I I love learning from them. Yeah, yeah. So before you hopped on, so it was more so that you went from gymnastics bodies to Edo mm-hmm. stuff, and then mm-hmm. you went to kind of Poliquin because Edo was a big, always a big promoter of Poliquin's things and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah? So did you ever work with uh, Edo online doing I, some of his training? I didn't get the chance to work with Edo directly. I never got to meet him because mm-hmm. he was always um, in Europe. But I lived. <laughs> That's another story up on itself, right? Where, you know, if people don't know, Ido would put on these workshops around the world, um, and he would never fucking go to them. <laughs> he he would go to select ones that that ones that he liked, right? Like, because I remember I went, I also went to a few, you know, and you know, you're thinking, okay, this is called the Ido Portel method, and here, hello, welcome, guys. There's no Ido here today at all. He no. won't be coming. And no. um, yeah, I remember. I mean, you know, I get the whole mystique of it or whatever you know it's like it shouldn't matter you know and and i understand that but i do remember talking to some people who um they were just so they were like the first day i was just chatting with them and one guy was like man i don't want to be here because ito's not here (laughs) you know and and i was just like that sucks man i mean he just ruined the whole you know thing for him because the guy was like so disappointed that ito was not there and i just thought it was you know pretty funny (laughs) It was hilarious. He never actually said whether he would be there or not. So, like, when you would sign up for the course, like, they would have, like, the, the Facebook, you know, event. Yeah. Everyone would always be like, well, you don't actually be at this one. Will you actually be at this one? <laughs> they, would, they would never answer you, would they? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, never there. Yeah, yeah. So, Ido's, you know, philosophy is kind of... Um, do you think it stands upon its own kind of thing, you know? Because you haven't really heard... I mean... You can define it however you want, but you definitely didn't hear a lot of people talking about movement in general kind of thing before him, I feel like. So I do feel like he was, you know, the guy that kind of brought that word, which now is probably overused. It's sort of like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the word is a bit loaded. Yeah. <laughs> so just talking to one of our friends, he runs a movement gym. Uh-huh. And... Oh, sorry, that was, okay, okay, cool. I thought I yeah, yeah. Um, he runs a movement for a gym. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. He, he's, he's awesome. Cause he, he's like, uh, oh, you know, if you like movement, do it. I like People like to come to my gym and do movement. It's awesome. I love that they love it. And I'm like, I love this the healthy mindset where it's just like, hey, if you like this, mm-hmm. come do it. If right. you don't like it, go do something else. Right. <laughs> and I think... That's so positive compared to like, you know, the whole like the idea of like you have to move eight hours a day. And if you don't, then you will be a Homer Simpson and die. You are a shitty mover. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You are weak. (laughs) Yeah. And so 
<laughs> so his trading philosophy is sort of, he would make, I mean, and I've worked not with him directly, but I've done one of those online um, training trainings that they would offer. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of training all day in, and I, I did it for, you know, however long was the block. I don't remember, maybe it was six weeks. And at the end of it, I was, uh, I just got a terrible cold and I felt sick and I, and I was like, fuck, I don't want to work out for, for a while. You know, it's just, I think it's, yeah. And I, you know, it's tough <laughs> for the average person. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, especially if you've got like, you know, like a job to work with, you got a spouse, you got kids, you got other responsibilities. It's a lot of work. I mean, back when we were involved in it, um, we were, we didn't do the coaching, mm-hmm. but we did like a lot of, uh, what they were saying. And, um, like, honestly, I think getting banned from the movement culture was probably one of the best things that happened to us. Because <laughs> had we not, we might still be, like, you know, sitting there training, like, eight hours a day. <laughs> so, man, you knocked off. You got two. You got you got Poliquin to make fun of you. And you got banned from Edo's <laughs> movement culture. I'm, so I want to hear that story. <laughs> oh, the movement culture one? Yeah. How did that happen that you got banned? Oh, this is funny. So we, um... <laughs> we were real big into it. We were huge supporters. I mean, like we went to one of the seminars in Canada, right? And this is back when we, um, we basically had no money. So we, we go on Amtrak, which is like the longest trip we have ever taken Mm -hmm. to anywhere, Mm -hmm. uh, all the way to Canada. And we have like no food. So we stay at a hotel that, you know, the middle of Cornwall, Canada. And we, uh, they have like an all you can eat dinner. Mm -hmm. And we both like, eat off the same plate real movers you guys are real movers connected <laughs> we, were broke. we had to sleep in a train I mean, um, in a train station at one point and got kicked out and got had to sleep in a donut shop one night one night because we couldn't afford a hotel for all the nights there wow and it so was we were... it was uh sorry to interrupt you it, it was um seminars they weren't cheap man no, they weren't no they no. weren't cheap it was really expensive so we we did all that, and uh, after doing all that and everything, being like really like really tight into the moon culture, mm-hmm. no, at one point we decided to make our own link, our own coaching, which I think that was one of the problems. And two, I was writing a post. It was a joke. It was a, a post about gurus. And the funny thing is, it wasn't even about Edo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was about another guru, which is ironic. <laughs> I think he read that. Mm-hmm. And then banned us because the not the I wrote it in the morning and mm-hmm. it had funny jokes in it like no if you want to become a guru then like get to say funny things like you know never walk a mile until you uh, never talk about somebody until you walk a mile in their shoes that mm-hmm. you're a mile away and you have their shoes you know, blah 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 stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> but that we come home and we're like hey on Facebook um one of the groups. Is gone. The movement culture group. We're not in it anymore. What happened? Oh no! And then we're like, we got banned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! And we figure out like we we talk to some other people, and they're like, oh yeah, you got banned. Finally, dude. Like you had it coming. Like everyone's gotten banned. (laughs) 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 Oh man, it's a tight. They want to keep it a tight knit group, I guess, huh? It's it's definitely like a real tight inner circle where it's like no you, you can be excommunicated and never get mm-hmm, back in mm-hmm. really quickly so you've done and you've done several of those seminars with him yeah or with we his group two. we did two mm-hmm. um and then at one point i lived in the same like oh like the next city over mm-hmm. from one of the main teachers 
Mm-hmm. So it was awesome because I got to go over there and I paid him like forty bucks an hour. That's all he asked for. And oh, he wow. basically taught me everything. Okay. And, <laughs> okay. So to I'm be fair, sure. you you do feel like you pulled out a lot of information out of that. Um, I did. I did mm-hmm. not probably information that I use anymore, but I got to experience it. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time. So it's more it. sort of like juggling two balls on the floor kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <basically>. <laughs> <laughs> Back when I um, was getting into it, it was a little bit more like the movement arts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now it seems to be kind of like let's reverse engineer it's like no it's not good enough to go to a boxing coach you gotta (laughs) do these movement games that we made up to get good at movement it's like okay um a while ago we were just preaching that it was okay to like just go to a rock climbing place and go to a boxing place and go to a dance place now it's like you have to come to the movement camp and only here can we unlock the secrets yeah yeah, I was at one of the seminars and they were trying, somebody was curious about the notorious uh, chin to toe touch. Is that, oh, is that yes. what it is? Or is it forehead? I don't remember. It's head to toe and chin to toe, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, one of the teachers said, okay, you got to do the prerequisite. And it was like, you know, you, you know, you got to do the, the, um, the horse stance, you know, you got to mm-hmm. be able to do like a handstand. You got to be able to like, you know, take your dick out or something. I mean, it was just like, it was just the randomest things, you know, that it's like, just fucking tell me what you guys do, you know, because, you know, because you know that there are people out there that they've never did any of those prerequisites and they probably got that skill. You know, there's some guy in China, some little kid that just like, you know, just started doing it and working on it. And, you know, my, my, <laughs> yeah. My wife was like that. She like she um she was like, oh, I'll get it. I was like, I kind of want to get a picture of the head to toe stretch, but I couldn't get it myself. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, don't worry, I'll get it. So <laughs> then half she goes and works with it for like half an hour, uh-huh. and then comes back half an hour later, and she's like, I got it. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like. And what's oh, Martina's my... background? Does she uh did she get into things same way as uh, through martial arts? So Martina started off as a professional couch potato. <laughs> she could not even touch her toes when I first met her or do a push-up or, like, hang or anything. Uh-huh. And then um, like when she, we got together, she started training and doing stuff like that. And then she took it way, way further and got a lot stronger, a lot more flexible, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that, um, that's a pretty big, like, turnaround there. Wow. So she wasn't really into sports before you, she met you, huh? Um, she did, like, some tennis. So she enjoyed that somewhat. She did, like, uh some swimming but mm-hmm. she wasn't like super active like when tennis season ended she was like great there's a couch time to watch it <laughs> and we'll eat some potato chips <laughs> like an entire bag of it at one time like she was not very active at all wow cool man that's because yeah you see clips of you guys doing stuff and it's like you think you know she was always into doing all those sort of things no it's no. <laughs> like no tennis swimming at one point that's about it <laughs> Um, and so how, how close did you follow, um, you know, the diet recommendations and all the supplement recommendations sort of in that time period of Edo and Charles Balkan? Oh, like, um, way too well. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So like when Edo started talking about the, uh, the low carb dieting, like I got on that and I I'm pretty sure I screwed myself over way big because, like, I was training a lot. Mm-hmm. I got on low carb, and once I started low carbing, like, my sleep just went to absolute crap. Mm. So, like, I would be up for hours at night 
hours and hours and hours. And I never put two and two together. Like on my car, the days where I had, I would eat my carbs, my refeeds. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, I slept so well. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it takes time, right? That's why, yeah, it's it's tough. These things, are, there's so many variables too. Sometimes you don't notice the most simple thing, right? It's like right there in front of you. I, I would have like the most amazing sleep. I would have like the most amazing, like, no, like feeling great. I mean, I, I should have known it too, especially on those days, like, you know, the sex drive was just like, Whoa. yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I should notice. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that might be a good sign. <laughs> so, I did that. I did the, uh, I did the, um, the, the supplement protocols. Like we, like Charles had one that was like 45 grams of fish oil a day, I believe. Oh yeah, um, it was 60. Yeah, it was 60. And I've done it. And I've talked yeah. about it on previous podcasts of mine. <laughs> yeah, man. And I was, and I said that I did it, and I was farting and burping and fucking <laughs> tasted like fish all the time. So like, yeah, didn't I? Don't, I don't. I really don't know who in the fucking world actually has done it and felt great and got all those benefits that they talk about. I have no idea. I mean, the only way I could see that is if you were just like if you used to be guzzling down trans fat. And now you're just guzzling down so many fish oils. You can't go down trans fat anymore. I have no idea. I felt like absolute crap. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, if, when you're taking that protocol, you can't laugh. If you laugh, you might, like, crap yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> you exactly. Yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so how long, so how long were you low carb for? Like, did you do, I mean, was it a year or something like that more? It was probably, like, over a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what got me off it. I think I had some cards, and I was like, "This is delicious." I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I just gassed out. I don't fully remember though, but I'm pretty sure it was just me, like being like, "Wow, carbs are really good." I'm done with low carb. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that I weird? I I don't know what it is. You know, I've talked to other people about this. It's like we have this obsession with. Um, if something is easy and maybe tastes good or is like good for you. It, it can't be it. It has to be something where, where like, you, you know, you got to put a fucking bag on your back and you got to carry it through the fucking jungle, you know, and it's got to taste disgusting. And then you got to kill this yeah. fucking animal that you don't want to kill. And it's just right. It's, we have this weird obsession with like, you must suffer in order to reach what you must, what you want to attain. Right. Exactly. Like if you're not suffering, it's not working. Like that's uh that's the idea. I, I think it's like, so I was reading a book. It was about um, heuristics, right? Mm -hmm. And it's basically like the way that we answer hard questions. So it's like, if I ask you, uh, how happy are you? It's kind of like a non-objective question. It's kind of very subjective, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times our brains will answer, apparently, according to this mechanism, it'll answer an easier question. So how happy are you gets turned into how happy are you right now? I'm very happy right now. So I'm going to answer happy, very happy, yes. Mm -hmm. well, I think that happens with people's eating too. It's like, oh, how effective is this diet? And it's like, how miserable am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like shit. <laughs> can't sleep. Yeah, can't have sex. I think I'm doing great. I'm looking great. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's only the fitness industry, you know, but it's everything. Right. It's such a unique thing i don't know if it's you know some people have argued that it's you know religious backgrounds whatever and you can kind of make that connection but i don't know man it's it's a weird fucking thing right it's like <laughs> the same thing with like you know because i've been on there too where i've you know given up all fruit for example yeah. thinking like same here, same here, yeah 
right? Like, well, fructose, you know, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, it wreaks havoc, you know, upon your system, you know, and you use big words like that. And it's like, oh, my God. And, you know, I've talked about it before also, where it's like, you know, oh, it's as addictive as cocaine, you know, yeah. and it's just like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I said the same thing. And then I'm like, wait, like someone mentioned to me, they were like, no, Phil, um, when's the last time you've seen someone suck a dick for <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can tell you when that happened with cocaine, but not with blueberries. It's like, it's uh, kind of that's funny, man. <laughs> that's good. That's going to be my new thing now. I think I'm going to try to convince people that way to eat some fucking oh, yeah. fruit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, blueberries <laughs> yeah 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 i definitely think it's yeah i i don't even think it's like i said the fitness uh culture i think it's just coming from maybe i don't know it's like we're almost conditioned like that in life in general right if it's like mm-hmm. you're not going to work and you're not waking up at 5 30 and you're not oh. getting 14 coffees in you and you're not <laughs> hating life and you're not taking you know adderall in order to get through your day and you're not taking fucking ambient in order to sleep and then maybe hitting like some vape pen at the end of the you know it's like you're not doing you're not being productive in life yeah oh i absolutely do it's like the um i i think part of it you know like that that whole like kind of Gary Vaynerchuk or like David Goggins culture where it's like you know yeah. if you ain't working then the other person out there is outworking you and it's yeah. like you gotta yeah. hustle hustle hard yeah and there's something to that of course because it's like well you guys hustled and we get it you came from nothing to something but how many people do you know that came from like something to something more <laughs> right <laughs> where it's like why do you have to I mean because I think that they are they themselves like guys like Gary V. Because I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought it up. Because you know I have the same thoughts about him, and mm-hmm. it's like maybe the people. I think other people and even themselves they don't realize that. I think they really just enjoy that hustle, that that grind. That because yeah. how about I mean I think that's more like cocaine than taking eating yeah. some fruit. You know what I'm saying? Because they're just I on this um, pattern of like grind, 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 win, grind, 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 yeah. win, and they're digging yeah. it, and and that's great, yeah. and like that's mm-hmm. why you should do whatever the fuck you want to do. But not everybody enjoys that fucking grind. It it wears exactly. some people out, and it just makes them tired, and makes them feel like shit, makes them depressed. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a friend do the same thing, same the same thing to me. He um, his name is Eric. The dude's like my big brother, mm-hmm. and he called me out in that one time. He was like, "Philip, man, like you know, sometimes you talk." about everything being gained you should probably consider that some things for you are just fun and that's okay and i was like holy crap i can have fun (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know (laughs) i'm I'm allowed to have fun (laughs) yeah man that's it's interesting (laughs) i i I can see it though it's like you know you get that hit of like oh i success i gotta get more of it i'm gonna work hard to get more and another hit of that success kind of stuff yeah man yeah so to go back to diet and all that so what what was that when you got banned from movement culture was that sort of your light bulb moment to start kind of exploring other things or yeah it was kind of like oh well i mean before we kind of like you know kind of liked Ito a lot you know even though we disagreed with some of what he said because we still liked him mm-hmm. uh, when we got banned we were like oh great well we can just like you know, go ahead and say whatever we were trying to say at this point without like you know trying to work around anybody's feelings mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know we started thinking about uh the way we were coaching because we were running our own on coaching at that time 
Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, we we tweaked it over the over the years. At first, it started off. It was very similar to Edo's, where it was like movement based and like you know body weight strength based. And we had people training like six days a week. Yeah. And it worked its way down lower and lower and lower and lower and lower to like what we do now, where we have people training like you know one to two times a week using a combination of resistance, like our big five exercises, mm-hmm. and basically trying to train as we say smarter, not harder. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I like that concept a lot. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and so the big five what are the big five exercises that you guys narrowed it down to so it was a squat mm-hmm. uh planche push-up one arm chin up front lever row and handstand push-up and the progression is too low so like, you, don't, you don't have to do like you know a full planche push-up today uh right. it's progression to the full planche push-up so each exercise you're, you're saying that each exercise you have um a different a way of doing it so that it's you know accommodate to each person that can yeah, handle absolutely. whatever load and so mm-hmm. and is that just narrowed it down to from years of training yourself and just working with other clients you just narrowed it down to those five because you see that those transfer over the most to other things that you're doing in the gym yeah so, so like it started off like we kind of um you, you remember back when uh the genetic bodies like thing came out or um that's strength training and there was a lot of static exercises mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I always felt like my static holds were so fickle. Like one day I would crush it. I'd have like, you know, you know, a 10 minute straddle planche and it's like, Oh, I feel amazing. Next day it turns down to like one second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this isn't cool. So like, um, we started using dynamic exercises like, Oh, okay. Hmm. Some people are having trouble getting this, uh, tuck planche like this tuck planche to start off mm-hmm. let's have this movement called the pike pull through which we kind of ended up making up mm-hmm. and uh we were like oh hey people are getting their tuck planches in like no time at all that's so weird mm-hmm. uh okay yeah and we did the same thing with the front lever and it's like well people were having trouble getting a tuck front lever you know trying to use bands and all sorts of other tools and stuff yeah and we started using that and like we started noticing people were getting it and, like no, a couple of weeks. They're like, "Hey, I got my first tuck front lever. That's awesome." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my, we're onto something here." Which, and uh, sure, which which you guys I say refer to cleverly on your on your uh, Instagram like free gains, right? Which just means you yeah, know, yeah. yeah, you just got something that you didn't even work on. You didn't mm-hmm. even work on it. It's like, wow, our statics are getting better, and we're not working on statics. That's so awesome. So that kind of led to like us thinking of the whole free gains concept. Like some of these movements let you make gains in other movements that you're not working on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's kind of cool, especially if you have limited time. Yeah. And then um, that kind of like, we kind of use that to with the big five to see like what we get a wide range of gains in with the minimal time. And that's, that's where that came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause um, <laughs> it's just, it's interesting, you know, because I've noticed this myself too from, for example, I never was a big deadlifter. I never really mm-hmm. enjoyed the movement at all. I mean, I can do it. I did kettlebells yeah. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sort of the Russian, I don't know if you've seen like Russian sports style stuff, you know, where yeah. you're counting the reps for 10 minutes. So I was in that world for a while. Um, but I've always squatted really deep too. I just make sense to me. You know, it's like, why wouldn't you want to squat all the way down? You know, which that, that's a whole thing we can talk about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then whenever, whenever <laughs> I would try to pull a heavy deadlift off the floor, I mean, it's not world record. It's not amazing. But I always could pull pretty heavy weights. You know, I could always keep up with the guys that are pulling, they're working on their deadlift four or five times a week yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And I just, that was for me how I noticed. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I did do a lot of pulling, you know, I mean, a pull up, stuff like that. I was always doing those. Yeah. And deadlifts always just came easy to me. So I think, 
yeah, I think it's really smart to narrow it down to a few movements instead of doing a hundred different variations. I, I had the exact same story. Like I, I was uh, when I first got into the uh, bodyweight strength, I was scared of working my legs with weights because I, if I worked on my legs with my weights, I knew that my legs would blow up to like a massive size. <laughs> I'd never be able to plant. So um, <laughs> that's a fact right there. <laughs> so, so I worked on bodyweight legs and uh, meaning like doing pistols and stuff like that, eh? Yeah, and like Nordic leg curls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and um, I did that for a year. I ended up being able to, to bench press more like a squat. By the way, it was really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, I know. wow, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> But um, when I went to pull a deadlift for the first time, a guy was like, hey, you should try deadlifting just to try it out one time. I'm like, okay, fine. No, but if I blew up and I can't do a plant, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. And I hit double body weight. And I was just like, oh, that wasn't so hard. And he was like, that looked easy. You could probably do more. And I'm like, eh, whatever. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's when I kind of like kind of fell out too. It's like, oh, those free games kind of exist. Deadlift. I didn't have to work on it. Just got it for free. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are maybe some of the most overrated exercises then, you know, that probably, like you said, that you maybe if you work on one, but not this one, mm-hmm. you don't need to do it. You know, wh- why do it? What do you think is one of the most? Like, I, I usually have it like in my pockets, plus a scroll of like <laughs> exercises. The Bible. Uh, <laughs> it's uh-huh. like okay, let's see. Look for the. Well, okay, I got one. I think one is the dips, mm. and I'm, I'm not saying that dips are bad. I think dips are awesome. Like you were going to go to prison, you wanted just to be strong. Sure, get, get your dips on, so you know when you go into the shower. You got a guy to hang on you. Let's do this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gonna be good but i think it's a bit overrated in the sense that like you don't need to do dips to get strong at dips if you do handstand push-ups and um, planche push-up progressions mm-hmm. your dips are probably going to get stronger so like i can dip i think like 85 percent of my body weight never work on it that's a lot on the flip side though thank you like on mm-hmm. the flip side though um i don't think working on your dip is going to give you like a full planche push-up or like continually get there you know what i mean right 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 I think the transfer is a bit one way. Yeah, so there's certain things that it's like it'll carry over that way, but not the mm-hmm. other way, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Um, I think another one would definitely be like the the core work, just in general. Mm-hmm. People spend a lot of time working on core, and it almost makes sense because it's like, oh my gosh, like the guy's in the front lever, mm-hmm. his core must be working really hard. It's like, yeah, right. Not- yeah, it's like yeah, front get... lever. I don't know. I think it's just people that never fucking worked Sorry. out in their life. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird yeah. for some reason. Everybody that you know, when I do one or something, you see somebody doing one, and you talk. The, the, people always think that it's it's your core. It's yeah. like ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Like fucking your back. You know, it's your lats, yeah. right? <laughs> it, it's especially if you're doing it, you know, right with the elbow locked right. out and all that, and you're fancy. You know, you got your dick out too. You're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, or like, or like, if you have any bit of pike, right? You're uh-huh. piking because your core is too weak. And it's like, no, it, it's probably just your back, and you're trying to look for the easier way to get this done. Right. right. <laughs> That's um, so. Mm-hmm. No, what you gonna yeah. say? <laughs> I would say I think core work is probably number two. Yeah. And um, yeah, this is probably gonna be like. Like almost like blasphemous for a lot of people, but uh, yeah, I would probably say the deadlift might be number three. Like, oh, I, no, I think... get the fuck! I'm done with this podcast. We're gonna, I'm gonna go home now. 
like, oh, wait, I am home. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, deadlift. That's exactly, it's funny, you know, because again, I've rarely worked on it and I've always had a fine deadlift. Again, I'm not going to go to um, West Side, you know, in Ohio and be one of those guys. No. But then again, why the fuck do I need to, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I think if you're just, so, but you do work on heavy barbell squats. Yeah, or, yeah. So, well, mm-hmm. not anymore. I used to back when I had a gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally love the the heavy barbell. Like, so it's it's not like I'm not working legs at all. Like, I'm doing heavy barbell squats. But mm-hmm. back in the past, now I have a 150 pound weight vest. Mm-hmm. Shout out the um, delivery guy who brought that to my house. I have no idea. 150 <laughs> pounds. Goddamn, man. <laughs> yeah, you bought the whole thing. Like, he, I'm like, how did you move that? <laughs> it just showed up. That's funny. <laughs> That's um, but I use that, and Martina pushes me down. So like it, it's it's really heavy. Like okay. when I first tried to put it on, I put it on, and then I tried to stand up off the ground, and I was like, uh oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so do you out. think there is a way to work your legs then without? Uh, like you know, we all don't have gyms right now. Basically, is yeah. there a way to work the legs without uh, barbells stuff, or dumbbells? Mm-hmm. I guess. Absolutely. Like I actually nowadays, I actually prefer. My so what we do, I put on this like heavyweight vest. It's like 150 pounds, so it's like 90% of my body weight. Mm-hmm. And Martina actually stands with, like a step stool behind me, mm-hmm. and she puts her hands on my shoulders and she pushes me down as I do a singlet squat. And I have like two bar stools next to my hands to like help keep myself from like, falling side to side. Mm-hmm. And I basically use as much weight as possible as I go down and up, and my hands are spotting me. Okay, and like. I tested it, and my squat actually, my back squat, actually went up mm-hmm. from doing those heavy single leg squats, and that's all I was doing at the time. So it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. So basically, you're doing like a very heavy uh, pistol with some support, so you're not falling over. And so when yeah. you when you do these tests, because you guys do this on your Instagram too, like you say, you know, we've tested it. How long? Mm-hmm. How do you guys usually do that? Do you take two weeks off of a movement or? You know, and do supplement another movement and see how it carries over. Yeah, typically we'll we'll test a movement. We'll be like, okay, where what what's the baseline here, and then for six to eight weeks we'll do something like you know something else, and then we'll see if that movement improves. So with the squat, for example, the squat I actually wanted to give it a little bit longer because I've been squatting for a long time, mm-hmm. so I wanted to give it time like any gains I had from the squat directly, I wanted them to decay. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was a couple months where I didn't squat again. I think it was like three months we, we ran that test. Wow, wow, weeks. wow. Okay, that's that's long enough to figure that out, I yeah, think. It, it was a long while, and when I came back to it, I was like, oh, hey, like I hit a new PB, like a personal best, and I was like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. so now I actually don't back squat. I just use the heavy single squat method and it works nicely. Okay, so that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other big notorious is the, the one-arm chin. Know, a lot of people. Yeah. So, how do you get people to doing one arm chins? I mean, what's what's the way do you go about it? Ah, I love that one. So, like, we start off getting. Like, I mean, of course, people need to have chin ups first. So, if you don't have that, you gotta get your. Do you have Do you have a, a standard, sir? That you know, five point five or five point three five actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so you're overshooting now. You know. <laughs> I don't really have a standard. Like, if you have, like, yeah, like, probably five reps, I'll, I'll start having to work on the one-arm chin-up. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you, if you can only do one chin-up, I won't have to start working on one-arm chin-up work. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I see, like, no, sure, maybe five easy reps, we can start working on it. 
But basically what I do is I have people start off with what's called a mixed grip pinup. So one arm is grabbing the ring with a mm-hmm. supinated grip, mm-hmm. and the other one's grabbing with a pronated. So like a switch and, grip kind of looking thing, yeah. Exactly. It's like mm-hmm. that, but the hand's going the wrong, like mixed grip. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, you're deadlifting. But yeah, the yeah. The supinated hand basically starts pulling, mm-hmm. and the pronated hand helps only as needed to get you to the top of the movement. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, you shift even more weight onto the pronated hand, mm-hmm. and you, you lower down real slow until gravity basically pulls you down to the bottom of the rep, okay. and then you do the other side. And then you probably like cry a little bit, and, like, <laughs> and that's like one of the methods I use as well as um, assisted one arm chin-ups, which is basically the same thing. But instead of holding um, the rings, you just hold like one hand on the ring and one hand on a strap, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just a little hard to spot that one, so it's a little more um, easy to not help yourself. Okay, because in a certain <laughs> You know, in a certain culture, there's a, a way of <laughs> working on uh, on one arm chins, sort of where you take a um, a strap and you throw it over yeah. the pull bar, right? You yeah. you put a weight on it and you use you use that weight as your you know leverage kind of point to pull yourself up on the chin up. Do you think that's a useful way of doing it? I've never really liked that method. So like, I I was just seemed a little weird, like. Like I so I tried it one time, uh-huh. and um, I could do like I think at the time like two one arm chin ups, but then I put like five point five pounds, and I tried that method, mm-hmm. and I was able to do like eleven reps in a row, wow. like just bam, and I was like, there's a really big difference with just five point five pounds from me being able to do like two chin ups one arm chins in a row to now like eleven, and I'm not even tired yet. I'm just like I'm just like bored. <laughs> like something weird with that. I never really liked it. I was like, I don't feel like the number on the on the weight uh-huh. is a good presentation of like what's actually happening. Uh-huh. Um, I just found it weird. Then later I thought about it and I was like, well, the like objective objectively the problem I have with it now is like I can't really use accommodating resistance with the counterweight method. Mm-hmm. Compared to the one where the mixture stand up, I can make sure that when people go up, they're using as tiny distance as possible. Mm-hmm. When they go down, they use even less assistance. Like it's really maximal the entire rep. The counterweight method doesn't really do that. So you're saying that there's other ways of doing things, huh? You fucking asshole. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't. That kind of stuff gets you banned from places. Okay, I don't. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there is the there is the way and there is not the way, okay? And you're not the way, sir. It's <laughs> all the things there. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about anything besides the method. <laughs> <laughs> or Fight Club. Oh, phew, don't ever talk about Fight Club. <laughs> so just from years of training, you know, basically you evolved down to what what seems to me like uh mostly upper body stuff is body weight stuff, right? Or you know where you're right. It's pretty much what you're using. You're not a big yeah. fan of doing bicep curls or you know, shoulder presses or whatever stuff like that. Not anymore. Yeah, not. We used to. I used to do that stuff back in the day, but mm-hmm. uh, nowadays it's just like no, don't, I don't even bother with it. And that's just because you think that again, if you're doing the other big five exercises, it's just all those other things are going to be basically easy. Yeah, exactly. You're going to see three games happen, and like all oh, like oh, check your bicep curl. Okay, great, do. Do a couple weeks of the big five, kick your bicep curl again. Mm-hmm. You're, you're gonna notice the bicep curl is bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. like, uh, 
and especially with the accommodating resistance method that we use, like where the entire rep is maximally difficult, like you're you're gonna have trash biceps at the end of the workout from the one arm stand up work, so you'll be fine. Yeah, it's pretty. That would be pretty <laughs> fucking scary to go to go from one arm chins to like preacher curls. You know, I mean, that thing can snap, man. And I, was it was it you that posted? I think you guys posted years ago like a a combina- uh, a YouTube video of uh, bicep curls snapping on preacher curls, right? Oh, biceps yes, snapping on preachers. I think that was you guys. No, this was years ago. That might have been. That's a rough. That, that might have been. I, mean, I posted some nasty bicep curl. Bicep <laughs> bicep snaps in general. I can't keep track of all of them. I, I find them. I'm like, oh, ill. I collect them all. Uh, or when people deadlift and they snap. I mean, but yeah. that, but that can't be just. There's something. I'm I'm like, what have they been doing to their bodies? I mean, it's just fucking crazy. Or what kind of things they've been taking. You know, I, I, I think those are two big issues. One is like the overtraining for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of people get injured and they're like, "Oh, this movement injured me." It's like, dude, how <laughs> training? And they're like, "Oh, you know, easy. I, I did ten, ten sets of ten, like you know, five days a week, and then on my rest days I got tired, so I did another ten sets of ten, just you know, the pump set." It's like, okay, well, have you considered that maybe you got injured because of overtraining? They're like. No, I wouldn't want to train. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how much do you think, like, an average person that, let's say, wants to get in shape and wants to do some of the cool stuff, you know, mm-hmm. how many times a week do you think they should be training, really, if they I, have I a normal most, life? Mm-hmm. I, guess I, I think most people can get away with probably, like, one to two times a week of, like, hard training. Like So, with running it with um our trainees that's what we find most people can tolerate and survive in the long run like we we definitely toned it down like at one point i had people training like closer to three times a week like two times plus one deload session mm-hmm. and, and the people were like um yeah my elbows are starting not to feel good or like <laughs> no he's just not feeling it mm-hmm. and i'm like hmm let's go down to like one to two, and then everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I think this is it." And I was like, "Oh crap! Wow!" Uh, yeah, like it was amazing how people started feeling better and better and better as we kept dropping the, the frequency. Mm-hmm. So I think for most people, if you train hard, it's probably going to be like one to two times a week. Mm-hmm. If you train, if you're doing air squats, you can do it every day. Yeah, and so you yeah. mean, but that would be training each pattern or each movement or you mean like lower body upper body once or twice a week or what do you mean by that exactly i, I would mean like each um each movement okay itself. so like you could do like upper body on monday mm-hmm. take tuesday off and then on wednesday you could do lower body and then you could take um like you no know, three more days off and then on saturday I think Saturday. So Saturday, you mm-hmm. can hit like your body again, maybe, and see if you feel better, good enough to work out. Then, if not, maybe next time try it on Sunday. That kind of thing. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. do do you still split up uh, your sessions like, sort of? Um, I don't remember all the fancy lingo with Charles Poliquin, but you know the antagonist that sort of you know where you're doing <laughs> pushing and you're doing pulling, supersetting like that, and when you're doing you know if you're doing squats, you're doing hamstring curls with that. Yeah, yeah. So like for um, like for upper body I'll, I'll pair up like a push and a pull so they'll do like you know um planch push up progression one arm stand up progression back and forth back and forth etc mm-hmm. and then the same thing with the handstand push up and the um the uh front lever row like to go back and forth between the two of those or like yeah. if you're full body because you want to get the workout done like even faster and not have to do it again like this is what i personally do i do like 
singlet squat, mm-hmm. and then I go right to the planche push-up, then to the one-arm chin, and then I just take as much rest as I need to, then I repeat the whole cycle again. So you're training so full body, basically, there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do it like that. It's a Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So that, that takes even more time if you uh, if you kind of like kind of lazy like me and don't really want to think about working out for a while. So these days, <laughs> yeah. So these days you're pretty much working out once or twice a week, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. I, I do a sprint on the other day. That's it. Every other day. I do sprints on the other day. So like I strength oh. train like one day, then I take three days off usually. Then I do sprints the other day, mm-hmm. and then I take three days off. Then I'm back to strength, mm-hmm. and uh, that works pretty well. And so why sprints? Why not? Uh, you know. 25 miles running slowly <laughs> I, I feel like you're not torturing yourself enough with the sprints i feel like you gotta suffer more but the problem is i can't count that high when i when i run out of fingers and toes to count on it's just a rat i'm good <laughs> it's like okay don't have to count on i'm good <laughs> so why, why sprinting though <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just a really big fan of it. Like you can get your heart rate up really, really nicely with that. Mm-hmm. Like I tried using jump rope at one time, and I was like, "This is not working." Like I cannot jump fast enough to get the yeah, yeah. heart rate up. Sprinting yeah, works really easily. Like you can hit the the highest heart rate you can so quickly. Mm-hmm. I tried like shadow boxing, just just didn't feel as good. So like I just use sprinting. But like, if you can do something else at that speed, like swimming. No, I can't swim that well, but swimming or biking or whatever, I would include that too. You know, I'm just saying like, uh, I use it personally because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. there's always that, in, you know, the debate of, you know, low intensity versus high intensity cardio, you know, I mean, do you think something like a low intensity run, you know, a couple times a week, is it necessary? Again, of course, we're talking mm-hmm. about like, if you enjoy it, like you say, right? Yeah. If yeah. you want to do it because you enjoy it, I mean, hey, hats off to you, do your thing. But do yes, you think it's yeah. really necessary? I mean, do sprints cover that sort of work? So what we tend to do is like on the off days, we usually just like, you know, we'll go for a walk, but it's really slow. We're talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. And our, our neighborhood has some hills. So it's like, you know, there's a little bit of that. Like, you know, you might be going up the hill. It's kind of that. Or you want to do some hiking or something like that. But it's mm-hmm. just really, really, really light activity on off days and at the point where we can talk. So we do, like, if we were to say that low-intensity cardio, it would be probably that stuff. And mm-hmm. it's very, 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 very low-intensity. Mm-hmm. Like, not like Kimbro low-intensity where it's like, I'm doing low-intensity. And it's like, actually, <laughs> <a sprint. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And you got your YouTube and you got an yeah. iPad in front of you with a giant fucking screen of YouTube. Man, I yeah. hate those things. That that just annoys the shit out of me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like okay, it's like you're you're actually training. You're not actually like it's so weird man it's so weird <laughs> where people you know drive to the gym to go walk on a treadmill or something like that and watch yeah. mute movies just go outside people go outside yeah Jesus go fucking outside. Christ <laughs> just go outside <laughs> I, I think that's also one of the better parts of it so like if you're doing it outdoors I think you also get some of the um, the benefits of like your circadian rhythm also being improved you know you got sunlight hitting you you got like your body getting told that it's uh, daytime, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think it's also got some health benefits in terms of doing it outside if you can. Yeah, and even grounding, you're you know letting go of those negative ions, as they say, and all that. So I think it's it's just it's again it's comes down to that same thing where it's like we've all been kind of taught where it's like if you're not in the gym, not suffering, you're doing it wrong, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've, I've seen that, and then there's of course there's um, the mindset that goes with that where it's like if I didn't do it in the gym mm-hmm. it doesn't count as training so it's like 
I'm not overtraining. I only train one time a week. And I'm like, okay, do you do anything else? And it's like, well, yeah, man. Like every night I go to the underground fight club and I, I, I like, I like kill people. It's <laughs> like, okay, that counts. And I post about training. it on Instagram, so then it really counts because, you know, if you don't post about it on Instagram, you didn't fucking train. You're a liar. <laughs> yeah, if you, you didn't check in. If you didn't post on the gym, then it didn't count. If you didn't post on Instagram, it doesn't count. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So how long would a, would a typical Mindful Mover kind of client session would be, you think, like uh, average workout? Was it like 30 minutes, hour? Yeah, like there, somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour. It depends on how long you – so I'm a really big fan of rest-pause training. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you explain so, that a little bit? Yeah, of course, yeah. So like let's say you're doing a set of five reps. You might like A normal set might be like one rep, two rep, three rep, four rep, five rep. What I like to do is like have them do like five reps, but what they'll do instead is do one rep, then I take a short rest. Mm-hmm. Or, and it doesn't have to be short, so I'll explain it in a second. But then two reps, then rest. Three reps, rest. Four, rest, five. Now the set's done. I take a really, really, really big rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's called a rest pause training or, or cluster training. I learned about it from Charles, and it's awesome. But like what I oftentimes do nowadays is like I'm cluster training. But then I'm actually working in between reps, so like right. I'll like, you know, I'll do a rep, then I'll come over and I'll start writing a post. Or like sometimes, if you look at my IG stories on certain days, mm-hmm. you'll look at it and you'll be like, "Why is that guy like sweating and like out of breath?" And I'm like, <laughs> "We're gonna talk about." <laughs> like on those days when I'm doing typically, it's I'm like, I'm in between my reps, I'm doing IG stories and stuff. So like, yeah, the workout can be really quick if you wanted to, but it can also be like kind of so long yeah. that you're getting other stuff done anyway. So it's the same thing. So you're being productive and enjoying yourself. Yeah, absolutely. which is totally you know, wrong. You should never do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying yourself is bad. That's a bad thing to do. Don't have fun. <laughs> oh man, the old uh, Charles Poliquin. So what? what do you know what? <laughs> Rest in peace, of course. I mean, I know, I know. Fuck, oh, man. You passed so early really early i don't know uh yeah it's uh it was honestly i was shocked you know it was kind of crazy to me yeah but um it is what it is um how about uh supplements you know do you guys do any supplements these days how has that how has that evolved so our supplementation is like real minimal like you know before it came to my house like i could give like you know a gnc (laughs) <laughs> um, run for its money. Like for people listening, GNC is basically like a <laughs> like a, a pharmacy or a supplement store. Yeah, but uh, I could have given them a run for their money back in the day. But nowadays, it's real minimal. Like for the most part, most of my supplementation is like organ pills. Uh-huh. So like I got like liver, I've got like adrenals, I've got lungs, I've got um, you know uh, like uh, testicles. Like you know basically like I got all these different organ pills. Mm-hmm. And I usually take those. Those are my supplementation. Mm-hmm. Um, and where do you get those? I have, come again? Where do you get those? You guys got a, a oh, specific spot? You got it's you, called uh-huh. Ancestral. That's one of the companies that we use. Ancestral Health, I think, right? Something like that? Uh, I think it's something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at Ancestral. It's got a really cool logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> and then the other one's Dr. Ron's. Uh, we use that company as well. Okay. Um, and that's, that's the majority of the stuff we use. It's just mostly organ pills then um we use a couple other things like vitamin c like Mm -hmm. i I use that i even take it after training which apparently is like a giant no-no and i'm like whatever (laughs) (laughs) don't do it don't do it don't do it iodine and i think there's oh yeah like once a week take zinc 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I mean, if you had to let go of all your, so if, if you had to choose one, maybe, or a couple things, I mean, mm-hmm. if you had to drop all of your um, capsules out the window today, I mean, what, what would you keep? Or do you think, well, what, I, what, I, what, what would you take, you know, that was like the most, do you think is really, uh, really works beneficial? I mean, would it be vitamin C? Would it have been the organ pills? I think I keep the organ pills mostly because it's like if you're getting the organs, you're probably getting a lot of nutrients already. Mm-hmm. So we, we favor like organ meat like most days. Like um, uh, like Martina cook does all the cooking, but she makes like you no know, kidney, tripe, um, liver, heart, like all these different organs. We eat a lot of different kinds of um, the parts that people oftentimes are like, like yeah, no, I yeah, love yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I buy beef liver for you know four bucks or something like that, like a, a pound, you know, it's, and it's like so good. cheap, really good. Yeah. you got to learn how to cook it I, again. It's one of those things that I think is just in people's yeah. heads where they're so like, oh my god, this is like, nah, it pretty much tastes the same. Do you guys have? Do you guys get it shipped in, or you have like a butcher that you go to in town? Oh uh, no, we don't. We don't have um, one nearby. Mm-hmm. We have to like drive a while to to get to it oh wow but it's so worth it because they'll have like a giant freaking cow heart wow. and it's like four bucks and i'm like oh my god it's like so cheap. We, we, can, we can drive pretty far to go there we have there's two of them there's another one nearby that's in the next state over it's in virginia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we'll also drive all the way over there it's not like it's not close so it's, it's definitely a trek so but, you go and get it yourself you don't order it yeah. online Mm. Oh, we order online too. So there's um, the, that's one way. So it's, there's two farms near that aren't nearby. They're like really far away, but you know mm-hmm. it's worth it to do it. And then there's two places that we like. One is called U.S. Wellness, mm-hmm. and the other one's called White Oak Pastures. Okay, okay, yeah, I've heard, I've heard both of those places. Both, yeah, both of those are awesome. Cool. And so, yeah. and most you're saying most days you're favoring organ meats over muscle meats, huh? Yeah, yeah, most days, yeah, we try to eat. And it's just mostly. because you're, you're trying to get more nutrition. You think there's more nutrition? Not you think there is more nutrition in the organ meats. Yeah, that and um, apparently it might be better for longevity mm-hmm. in terms of one of the amino acids that help that causes apparently causes aging. I don't know how. Yeah, cysteine and, and and methionine and tryptophan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a few. So, That's sort of I don't know if you have ever read upon the uh, in the Ray Pete world. You ever been in on those things? No, I haven't checked his workout much. You can check out uh, some of that stuff. He talks a lot about those sort of things. Um, Paul Jaminet did. Of um, His book's called Perfect Health Diet. Okay. okay. Yeah, he wrote the same thing where it's like, you no, know, you favor organ meat when you can because it, it might help with the longevity there. So that's that's the reason why. That nutrients and possibly yeah. a long like, or at least get it in every once in a while. Yeah, people are exactly. so people are just eating. I mean, most people really don't even eat beef because they're also you know brainwashed into thinking that's bad for you. So yeah. people are just eating fucking chicken breast every <laughs> every fucking day. I mean, let's be honest. It tastes like shit. <laughs> Especially, I don't know if you guys shop at Trader Joe's out there. Mm-hmm. I used to love that place, but my mm-hmm. god, over the years, I'm sorry, I can't eat anything out there. I hope Trader Joe's doesn't offer to sponsor this podcast podcast one time but god damn dude like you go there and the meat and it's like and it even has the organic on it it has all mm-hmm. the perfect you know like grass fed and then i go home and i cook it and it tastes like shit man i i, I don't understand what is it about trader joe's I, I don't know you know how much you guys buy from there but we, we used to have one near us and um it it moved it was in a it was in a 
it was near my old house. Mm-hmm. And then one day, just went up there, and it was just like just gone. I was yeah. like, well, that's weird. They got rid of that quick. But I totally agree. Like there, the food there was different. We, it's funny. We went to a Trader Joe's, um, a Wegmans, mm-hmm. um, and a Whole Foods, and like tried all the different beefs there. And we were like, these beefs are actually different. Like, yeah, these beefs are way different. Yeah, they, they taste big time, way big time. Different. And if yeah. you look into it, a lot of those beefs is like a, you know, half. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like fifty different cows from different places. One cow, one cow was was from New Zealand. Another one was from Australia, which happens at Trader Joe's uh-huh. often. It's like New Zealand and Australia, and it's like so. You're saying you uh-huh. mix two different cows together, <laughs> and then another thing, you know, you know they have that diaper on the under underneath uh-huh. those packed meats and stuff. You know why uh-huh. they have that diaper is because they put water inside a lot uh-huh. of those meats. So uh-huh. and, and and you know it's weighed right. So you know mm-hmm. you got to have a certain weight. So basically, they don't want you to see that there's water and blood coming out of that thing. So they put those little uh-huh. diapers underneath those little meats. Yeah, and it just always tastes like shit, man. <laughs> so I can't. Yeah, like meat is so good. Meat is so hard to find, and I think part of the problem that people have with thinking that meat is bad, I think it's because people eat our people are eating just awful quality meat. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that that happened to us when we were in Canada. We um, we uh, remember we were we were absolutely broke, so we got like some like um, like one dollar steaks. We should, you should know better if you buy a one dollar. <laughs> like you know, you know you're about to get screwed up. Wow. We tried it. We were like, oh my gosh, this meat tastes so weird. We stopped eating it. Yeah. Can't be right. Say say that last part again. <laughs> froze up for a second, Philip. Oh yeah, um, I was saying like we ate like one dollar meat. We were just like this meat cannot be right. Like we tasted it, it just didn't taste right. It was, something was wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, even like the fruits and stuff. You know, you it's just like people. You know, and I love fruit. And what'd you say, brother? I, I missed what you said. I'm, can you go back? I said uh, even the fruit. It's like I love fruit. Oh. And again, I think people mm-hmm. have this thing where like fruit's bad for you because people are buying again this fruit that's just it's not ripe. It tastes yeah. sour, and people don't know that. Hey, fruit is supposed to be sweet, actually, and it's actually that yeah. means it's yeah, good, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> and you'll go to some of these stores, and it's just like the apples are like bland. And you, I mean, yeah. again, it's really sad. You know, it's not like it's not me complaining. It's me just like talking about how bad the food supply is coming becoming to be. And it's just so yeah. hard to find just quality ingredients. I don't even want anything fancy. I just want regular yeah. stuff. You know, I don't need like you know. <laughs> We did. We had that. I had the same experience when I went to um, Martina's country. She's from Bolivia, mm-hmm. so I, I went to visit one time. We went there, and the food oh. was so good. But the fruit, I was like, um, "Babe, in that tree, what's that?" And she's like, "Oh, that's an orange." And I'm like, "That don't look like <laughs> orange. I've never seen it. The oranges are perfectly rounded, perfectly formed. Yeah. Like, you can play baseball with them. Yeah, and their oranges there look like like." This is like all shriveled up and whatever. Yeah. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's that's the way they look here. Like they're not like they're not like altered to look weird. Like they look normal. They look that's the way they look. We tried one and I was like, Oh my goodness. This is the most amazing orange yeah. I have ever tried. It yeah. just tastes so it looks hideous. It's hideous. Yeah. But it tastes amazing. Yeah. And it's weird. <laughs> but then we have these perfect you know, I I'm from Russia originally, so when I moved okay. to US, you know, it's I, I, I remember seeing strawberries I've, as big as my fucking head, you know, and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, and, and I remember, you know, and, and, but then you, they look beautiful, right? They look like that, like, you know, commercial and then you try it and it's sour 
and yeah, it tastes sure. like shit and you taste yeah. every seed in the strawberry and it's like mm-hmm. my god man and to this day actually <laughs> something about america and strawberries they're so hard to find really good strawberries here i don't know if you yeah, ever tried sure. it next time you're in bolivia see if you can find some there man <laughs> uh, my, 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 my mom and i love strawberries but yeah we, same thing can't it's really hard to find here compared to like other places yeah like yeah. going outside the country we went to the Dominican Republic one time too same thing it's like oh my god the the food and the fruit is just yeah. so good well that's so why good. a lot of vegans move down to places like costa rica and just south america mm-hmm. because again i mean there's just the best fruits are grown there and that's where they're in the, they? and all the best ones they don't ship them here do they they, they, <laughs> they ship us all the fucking green bananas from ecuador right <laughs> those like what do they call them i forgot the name but the brand you know what i'm saying right and they're just oh, yeah, like yeah. oh man it's kind of sad you know it's <sighs> like oh these needs to be americans i guess <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Martina um, read. Uh, I don't know if you ever read Anthony Bourdain's book. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. He talks so much about what goes on, behind, even here in America, what goes on behind the scenes in restaurants. Oh yeah. And he's like, like never order fish on like Monday or something like that. And it's like, why? I think it was Monday. I don't remember, but it's just like, oh One of yeah, <laughs> that's been there for like. <laughs> uh, and just some, even you know, and yeah, and I've talked about this also before. It's like. Um, you know, some of the cooking oils that they use back there, like, you yeah. don't know. It could be no. it's, it's, it's usually soybean oil, which is, like, yeah. so common. You know, when you get when you get a bottle, for example, of just vegetable oil, and it says yeah. vegetable oil, it doesn't tell you what vegetable. <laughs> That's usually just a giant <laughs> bottle of soybean oil, which is, like, do you really think you should be eating that? I mean, come on. No. But people are scared of the fruit, you know, and, yeah. and, and sugar yeah. and just, you know, normal stuff, really. Yeah, what well, kind butter will kill you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> not margin. Margin's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the days of back old school days of uh, biosignature, I mean, Poliquin's way was sort of getting a person measuring body fat. Uh, there's there were certain spots where you measure body fat, right? And then you run it into a software, and then that software would tell you how many thousands of supplements you should take in order to lose fat. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, have you used that? Have you honestly tried it and used it and seen a difference, or do you think at the end of because you know the argument being with a lot of people that hate on Poliquin's mm-hmm. stuff is like a calorie is a calorie. You just got to diet down more, and uh-huh. it'll go away from those tough spots. There's really no you know sp- like, you know just because you're fat in your tummy doesn't mean you need to take anti cortisol um, supplements and yada yada yada. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, so honestly, to this day, I still don't know. I'm like, maybe <laughs> it's so, because it would be so hard to like make sure that someone's calories stayed exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, even if we eat the same amount, you're not doing the same amount of activity every day. Like, e- even if you laid sedentary in bed, your body would probably be doing different amounts of like stuff on the inside. So it's like, how would we be able to test? keeping someone's calories exactly the same yeah. and then having them take these supplements and then testing where the fat gets lost mm-hmm. and then making sure that the, the fat that gets lost is because of the supplement and not because of this, like, that's just when they lose fat. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, I did the, the $400 caliper, like, the caliper, $400 caliper in the, the massive, like, you know, protocol test thingy. <laughs> and like, you still and have them? Just sell them? Um, I, not just, I, I tossed them. <laughs> you just wait, you just tossed him? <laughs> yeah. Really? I'm not even confused. And then, it's like, man, I kind of almost like would feel bad trying to like let somebody like, like you know what I mean? Because it's just like, uh, no. I, I'm not going to use them. I, I think most people 
to, to, to run to learn how to do caliper testing mm-hmm. it's just so like it'll take forever it takes forever yeah, and I don't know if it's really that accurate. And at the end of the day, it's it's there's no even the DEXA scans and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's all just yeah. an equation that they kind of you know try to do their best guess. And you know, with the calories thing, it's like, I mean, because they've done studies of people, you know, people about laying in bed and thinking that they're working out or doing something that's you know activity, and they're burning more calories. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's these things are so <laughs> so complex and I, I don't know so i don't know if you know because i've also you know wanted to take those sort of courses but then just the amounts of supplements that people were on it just really yeah. kind of threw me off of it yeah exactly like and it's like we don't even know what all those supplements do in the long run yeah like yeah i, I that's why i try to keep my supplementation really minimal because i'm i'm worried about the risk of some of these things long term like you want to find out like the way a smoker did back in like you know they're like, oh, smoking's bad for you? It's like, oh, too late. I've been smoking a pack a day for like, <laughs> the past 10 days. I mean, sorry, the past 10 years. Yeah, and yeah. And same supplements, you know, it's like you don't want to find out that these supplements might have actually been causing – like maybe they, they didn't make you feel good. But they also might have caused some damage in the long run and the wrong dosages. No, yeah, you, man. You be I mean, it's a great way of making money though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you tell them you need, to, you need to get your licorice root and all that kind of shit. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've spent many 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 wa- wasted hours, uh, you know, researching a lot of these like, you know, black licorice root, and you apply it on your skin, and it just burns the fat away, and it's just like yes, oh, I that many thousands of dollars too, just like all on supplement protocols. Oh goodness. Yeah, even to you know, again, rest in peace. All due respect to Charles, but it was like, you know, taking the fish oil. At one point, he had some a small group, kind of, of people who took some of the seminars, and uh, he he was encouraging people to like share, like, or oh, if if you're having problem, you know, just just uh, type a question in here, and I'll answer it. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying, like, hey man, when I take fucking 30 grams of uh, fish oil pills, uh, I'm getting a lot of like, you, you know, digestive discomfort and i'm just yeah. getting a lot of fish burps and he would tell you like oh you know you got to do the you know the hcl test yeah. and um and i did that fucking test and yeah, my hcl and i eat meat regularly and organ meats and i know my hcl is all right because i don't have problem digesting those sort of things uh-huh. and i still get those goddamn fish burps man yeah <laughs> exactly it's like it might just be the problem of taking 30 grams of fish oil a day like that's just not a normal thing to do probably it's like to be eating 30 grams of just straight fish oil without the fish attached to it mm-hmm. or like uh i remember one story this one guy he was doing one of the, the detox one of the detox protocols and it's like oh you gotta be careful with that because like you know apparently if you pull out some of these heavy metals from like some of your fat stores like it can go to your brain like do some damage and this guy he ended up like having like he said like his face just like broke out on one of the days oh no and then he would like pop one of them and it would just like, fill back up like 30 minutes later like instantaneously almost instantaneously and it's just like oh, no. oh my goodness it's scary yeah. like no. yeah too much I, I don't know i think i think i'm done hopefully that supplement craze i don't know though do you think it's kind of de- died down a little bit since charles passed or do you think people are still taking all these you know fucking exotic i don't know berberine or whatever you know there's so many of them that i i'm not sure man like i I can't. I know I'm not really. I don't really read about that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. But I still check some of these companies out, and they still have like all sorts of like really extravagant supplements. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
what like the ones I can't even, when you can ones you can't even pronounce it's like where do I find this in the wild it's like yeah you don't we have to like extract it from like no the blessed <laughs> like dolphins back in like the, you know the, the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> like, yeah yeah oh man it's, it's, exactly, it's always like that <laughs> yeah from the scrotum of African yeah. lions yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just like oh my I fucking I see like an age of like no five years not not six has to be five something like that like, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh man hmm uh, yeah, so I don't really, I don't really mess with the the supplementation too much. So I'm not, and I'm not really involved in it. But I still see like new ones coming out all the time, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna take that. <laughs> we'll see what happens in 30 years. I really hope it's okay and that people who are taking it are safe. But it's like, man, like, yeah, be yeah. it's probably gonna get, up. it's probably gonna get a little more <laughs> extreme or worse because now people are going from that to sort of like. The natural supplements like reishi and all these have you yeah. heard of the, the mushroom mm-hmm. ones and yeah. the thing with the mushroom ones is like you got to check out where they're sourced and yeah. even and where they're sourced is like always china you know and yeah in some mm-hmm. small town you know god knows what goes on there some chinese kid probably got on the line took a shit on top of it i mean i mean really you don't know you know even if it has the organic label and it's just like, yeah, I th- those are coming in big right now. The the reishi, yeah. the chaga, all those sort of things. You got to be It's like how how often did you get like you know I don't know like fifty grams of reishi mushrooms? Like you no, know, if you, even if you ate a mushroom at that time, you'd eat like this much of a mushroom. Like you know, you eat a couple of them, you wouldn't be eating like an entire plate full of mushrooms. Yet yeah. you can do with these supplement protocols, and it's like you don't know even if that food is good. You don't know what it might do to you, taken in really unnatural amounts. I read a story about a woman. She was um, trying to control her diabetes mm-hmm. using bok choy. She mm-hmm. heard she read that helps. So she was eating like, I think like a pound of it every day for two months, just raw bok choy. She ended up in a coma. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah, like because those those cruciferous plant. greens that they, they slow down your thyroid activity, and if you eat them raw oh. like that, it'll tons. Yeah, people. Uh, tons of it. Ouch. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. how how um how, how interested are you in the uh, sort of the paleo perspective of food? Because you know, since your diet has evolved, you know, a lot mm. tremendously. Like you're eating more carbs, you know, and I mean, how valid do you think it is to? I mean. You think it's important to look at things from like what did the caveman eat, or is it more mm. like what did you know healthy people eat maybe when food was available? Yeah, I think it's kind of like we can't until we get our crystal balls working. We're never <laughs> gonna know exactly what's optimal for like perfect <laughs> human diet. Like maybe the perfect diet is like paleo on Monday. And then vegan on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then Mediterranean on Wednesday, and then Atkins on Thursday. We'll, we'll never really know that. Yeah. So what I try to go on is basically like what has been tested for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. So I mentioned cigarettes earlier. Like people at one time thought cigarettes were like a good, healthy thing to do, mm-hmm. and if you smoked those every day, and then found out thirty years later that they were actually possibly going to lead you to lung cancer, then too late. Game is already done. And the same thing with, like, butter versus margarine. It's like, oh, we butter sucks. 
Um, <laughs> we need margarine. It's way better. Uh, use that. And it's like, okay, great. I'm going to use that every single day because it's it healthy. And then 10 years later, they're like, by the way, you might find that margarine stuff locked up in your heart. It's like, oh, oh, which I hope I haven't eaten it for like the past 10 years. So, what we try to think of is like, okay, what would my great, 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 like great mindful mover, Uncle Ugg, um, have eaten (laughs) back then? Like, you know, basically what we find to be like, uh, I'm going to say the word natural, and I know some like hipsters going to be like, oh, oh everything's Well, natural. this computer's <laughs> not natural, Philip, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, don't you love those? And like, I, I understand what you mean, man, but just yeah. just, just hear me out here. Like, I, I know poison is natural. I get you. I, I get fucking you. get you. Just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is what would be, you know, you know, instinctive intuitive for me to put in my fucking mouth i mean jesus yeah exactly man, people get so anal about these things huh? <laughs> okay, we can play the semantic game but if that's the case let's not even we can't even talk it's just like okay great we're gonna be sitting there the whole time being like which words do we put here yeah uh, oh. conversations are not puzzles <laughs> oh <laughs> man like, so so what do you me. so what's your i mean do you have a book or what do you base yeah, your my, diet off of my favorite book uh of all time is Perfect Health Diet by Paul and Sushing uh, Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent book, excellent website. The guy who wrote it, uh, he is amazing. Like he's still to this day, like what ten years later, he still comments on the website that he made. He, wow. he still writes comments on it. That's cool. Um, if if you actually like write a comment, he'll probably actually answer you. It's amazing. And um, what I love about that book is that it's not ideological. It's not like paleo best or vegan best or this you know, Mediterranean diet best or Atkins best. It's like, okay, what is the level of uh, like toxicity for each nutrient? Like what level – at what point will you become toxic? What point will you become deficient? Mm-hmm. Okay, where is that middle ground and how can we get you in there? And where does that middle ground like, coincide with other nutrients as well? And that's the whole point of the book, like basically long-term research, finding out where the toxic and deficiency levels are, and trying to get you in those levels of uh, perfect health, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what the book is called. Does it do you do blood tests or do it's just from being intuitive about it, stuff like that? Yeah. He gives you like you no know, numbers to start off with, and then you can kind of tweak from there based on your hunger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really really good. Like I, I'd recommend anybody who wants to read about like health to check that book out. Mm-hmm. That's and, and that's where you also got your uh, intermittent fasting. Uh, yep, absolutely. From, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he has a lot of like, about intermittent fasting. He has a lot about basically the, the whole gist of the book. Basically, is that there's uh, three things that you want to do for the most part. You want to make sure that you're not nutrient deficient. You want to make sure that you are avoiding like really, really, really common food toxins, and mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're fighting off infections. Mm-hmm. And the um, the uh, intermittent fasting part, a lot of it's about infections. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's your, your your big kind of covers a lot of things. Big Ben for your book. Yeah, absolutely great book. I love it. Like I read it. Like I've read it. I think once a year for like the past three years. Oh wow, wow! Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so you don't get a lot of blood work done, stuff like that. Not really a big no. believer in it, huh? I don't, I don't. Like you know, if you have like something you're really testing for, like or I'm trying to see if you have like you know, I don't know, the clap or something like that, then mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> <laughs> shit. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, I got this rash. <laughs> 
It looks, looks like I diamonds. Mean, I, would, I don't know. <laughs> I would only recommend doing blood tests after you consult Google because Google is the best diagnosis. Oh, yeah. They know everything. They know, they know. everything. Or YouTube. You know, YouTube <laughs> works too. Yeah. <laughs> or ask, doc, ask your doctor friend at a party. Like, oh, oh, your doctor? Well, hang on. It's like, let me show you like this rash in my butt. It's like, <sighs> I'm a psychologist. And it's like, yeah, but you're a doctor. So. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've done some of those like um, – you know, Poliquin-esque kind of, you know, red blood cell count, yeah. magnesium test, uh-huh. and hair and follicle tests, and um, even if they're accurate, I think it does come down to, like, at that point in time, yes, this is what's yeah. up. Tomorrow, yeah. at that same time, could be a little different. Could be maybe. totally different. Dude, one of my friends, he, um, he was just, like, playing around with it. He took these tests, these mm-hmm. certain blood tests, I forgot which ones it was, but he took them. And he wrote two different names, took the same sample at the same time, mm-hmm. and just put them under two different names, sent them both in. Both of them came back with different results. And it's just like, wow. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So I don't know, man. Yeah, and like I said, I, I've been there, done that, and done all the <laughs> fancy blood tests. But I, yeah, more and more I'm coming down to like, just pay attention to how you feel. And I just think, yeah. again, we're all so stressed and so hurried and so, mm-hmm. you know, pushed that it's like people don't even notice when, like, your fucking head's been hurting for three days. You know, like, maybe you should eat yeah. something different or whatever. You know, it, it could be uh-huh. anything. Exactly. I, I, that's what I, we try to do. We try to stay on the path of, like, well, you know, whatever we've been eating since the beginning of time, we can probably keep eating that. And we would end up growing an extra arm or anything like that. <laughs> if that was going to happen, we'd probably know about it. But, yeah. but with some of these new supplements and stuff coming out, you might grow an extra arm. You might be really, you might be patient zero. You know yeah. when it comes to that. So you're, yeah, those definitely. Yeah. I mean, is there things that you do avoid that you know you just think most people should probably be avoiding as far we as diet wise or doing you know like intermittent yeah, fasting maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of like we don't chronically eat. Um, so this is also in Paul's book. Mm-hmm. We don't chronically eat most grains. We mm-hmm. rice is an exception. White rice. Um, mm-hmm. We don't chronically eat vegetable oils, like like, like uh, most seed oils, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, not chronically excess sugar, and um, not chronically beans. Now, and that's not to say that we never, ever, ever, ever eat those things, but it's just like those things are not chronic. We don't eat those every day. Yeah. Like you're going to see me slamming down a pizza every single day of the week. Yeah. Uh, same thing with anything else, basically. So like uh, when we go like travel, we, I might loosen up like, oh, great. There's uh, they got some like, you no. Know, some sort of gluten-free hipster cake. Sure, I'll have, I'll have to that. It's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to eat that every single day compared to, like, you know, the organ meats, the veggies, mm-hmm. the fruits and everything. Those I'll eat chronically. And mm-hmm. then the other things I'll eat, like, very, very infrequently um, every now and then. Mm-hmm. So you don't even focus mm-hmm. on counting your kind of macros or paying attention. You just kind of go by feel. If you're hungry for some meat, you go for some meat. We we do a little, but it's like really really vague. Like, and these are also numbers that Paul has. So like, for example, we talk about like um, the protein that we eat. We eat pretty low protein. It's usually about like fifty or sixty ish grams. Wow, and that's that's a lot lower than what most people would recommend. Yeah, most people are around like you know the whole a gram of body weight or something like that, like whatever the definition is. Um, mm-hmm. We're pretty low below that though, and we uh, so. 
we don't sit there and like put a scale out and like test every single like how much protein is on this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty low, but it, same thing with the carbs. It's like usually like around a hundred. 50 grams a day for me for example mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Martina's way smaller than me she's like 100 pounds so hers is going to be more like I think around 400-ish somewhere around there mm-hmm. and um, we, it's basically off Paul's numbers from his book wow. uh, and, and then we you know I was going to say the protein count must have changed quite a bit from you from you know Edo to Poliquin days because <laughs> That's pretty high high protein diets those guys recommend, the low carb. I mean, because I feel, you know, if you're doing low carb, there's just no other way about it but to eat a shitload of protein because you're hungry, man, because you're hungry. You're usually eating like a a crap ton of protein or or a crap ton of fat input. Like I remember Martina was low carbing at one point Mm -hmm. and she was eating like two pounds of meat a day. Wow. I was like, goodness. That's a lot. She's like, when I sweat, it smells like ammonia. And I'm like, <laughs> like um, I had that later. there too. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, where it's like, later, you smell like well, shit. You're like, no, I don't. <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> and what about something, I forgot where it was. Paul wrote about it too, where he's like, you know, people, tend, they'll, they'll go on carnivore, right? Yeah. Carnivore diet. Really popular now. Good, it's really popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start feeling good at first. There's like a carnivore honeymoon. And then eventually, I forgot the way it happens. But they'll end up getting hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, like, oh, you know, I'm adapting to carnivore. I can eat more meat now. Yeah. And it's like, you're actually getting deficient yeah, like, in yeah. something like that. So, yeah, and what's happening uh, also is, like, even though you're not eating your carbs, your body's just yeah. creating carbs from protein more and more, yeah. and more and more and more and more and more and more. It's just, you know, just going over. So that's one thing. And then um, – you know, yeah, it's just doing it long term. Again, I tried. You know, you. I'm sure you've heard of Vince Gironda. You know, the classic uh, trainer. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he was his way of getting shredded was like you know his whatever getting shredded diet. It was like uh, <laughs> it was also like just meat meat uh, diet. But he would have you refill every two to three days. That was kind of mm-hmm. his thing. And I've yeah. done that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I just. After I don't know, after a few weeks, you really don't want to eat more meat. You do get tired of it. You do want some yeah. sugar. I think you do naturally crave it. It's really hard to argue that you know all we ate was meat back in the day. You know, it's yeah. just I don't know, man. I, don't, I like watching documentaries and I like like watching like I watched one on the Hodsta, mm-hmm. and they talked about how like the hunters are not always successful at like catching an animal or killing something, mm-hmm. but the gatherers, the one the people gathering like the the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, roots they always 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 get the roots they always get roots yeah. like, there's never a day where they're like, unsuccessful it's like well it, it kind of makes sense you know like if, you, if you're a gatherer and you can't like stop a tree from running away from you you probably suck <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah, uh, yeah. Really and bad, I like bad. and I like watching all those kind of ancestral things but I think yeah. e- even I still now I'm though coming to more of a place where I'm like, well, who fucking cares what our ancestors ate, you know? Yeah. And not to say completely throw that out, but it's just like uh-huh. our lifestyle is so different. And yeah, hey, is. you yeah. know, maybe they did eat more meat or less meat. I mean, who fucking cares? I mean, they did, certainly didn't have iPhones and you know <laughs> EMF towers everywhere and you know all kinds of things. So, and I do think that affects your physiology, meaning like you know because how you go about your day is, is different, you know? It's like that old, um, uh, the what is it, Hi- Hippocrates or whatever, his, the guy, the, you know, uh-huh. he recommended where he said, you know, 
he, he had, he, I think I think he had three. Yeah, but I think he had three doctors. It was like Doctor Diet, Doctor Sleep, and Doctor uh, maybe Quiet or Happiness. Okay. Uh-huh. But Doctor Movement wasn't one of them, by the way. <laughs> but you know why? Because back then, to fucking to wash your dishes or anything, or not to wash your dishes, to wash your clothes or anything, yeah. it was a fucking workout. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So people kind of automatically got their movement in. So that's why that wasn't part of the philosophy. And now yeah. maybe it should be. You know. So. I, I, I agree. I think there's a, like I said, we were talking about that hard work culture earlier, and it's like that already screws people up. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you no, know, back in the day, like you know, after you were done getting attacked by that tiger, you can <laughs> relax, you can chill. You know, you're you know you're fine after that. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, you know, my my boss just chewed me out, and I thought I'd get tomorrow, and then he might chew me out again. So it's like uh-huh. you're just chronically stressed out as opposed to before, where it's like, ah, oh, there's no tigers here. I guess I can. <laughs> now you know what I mean? yeah man. Or like even like going on instagram you know what i mean like oh. you see a highlight reel of everyone else's life yeah. and it's so easy to look at that and be like why am i not there yet i yeah. should be doing something to get there and it's like survivorship bias no man yeah i really mm-hmm. i don't know we i think i really think we're running an experiment here with the <laughs> with the instagram kind of thing you know i mean oh, yeah it's good and bad of course because you can meet yeah, great course, people you know but it's uh can really throw you off there <laughs> it, it's got it's got definite pluses but it's got definite minuses too in terms of like you know these things are going on in the back of your head that you probably don't even realize where it's like you know I, so I, this is funny i had a guy you know, we talk about training one to two times a week using a comedy resistance, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy was like, so, you know, I was doing that and I was gaining and it was awesome and everything was going great. But then I decided, like, you know, I wanted to try out training more frequently. So I blocked you because <laughs> I didn't want to see the message. Blocked you? Unfollowed <laughs> <laughs> us. And then he's like, I didn't want to see the truth anymore. I just wanted to, like, you know, unfollow you and then, like, see everything else, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, um, let me guess how that happened. Did you get the idea from reading a bunch of other pages and, like, seeing how they talked about training more frequently? He was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I was, I was following a lot of those. I was like, try this. Try limiting how much time you look at those people and see if you feel better. Uh-huh. No, not being constantly reminded that someone else is breaking out and that you should be too. It just goes on the back of your head. Yeah, man. Just limiting your time on those things. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm. Oh, man. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> so these days, you don't have a, you know, sort of a guru that you look up to in the training world, anything like what, do you, what I mean, where do you, when you do want to train, do you go to a YouTube video and look up some guy, you know, fucking deadlifting some shit or, or sorry, not deadlifting, you know, <laughs> repping out one arm chins, you know, unlike. <laughs> um, so yeah, I typically, it's just running experiments. Mm-hmm. So like, um, uh, like I said, I have, I have my friend, Eric, Eric and I talk about training sometimes mm-hmm. and, uh, typically he'll give me a, like an idea of like, you know, what about this? Well, I'll ask him, what about that? And we'll, we'll try to make experiments to run to see how we can get, a wider range of gains mm-hmm. without spending more time on it or trying to get the same range while spending less time. And that's where the majority of my like learning comes from nowadays. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not so much like following a certain guru or anything like that. It's just more like, let me test something out and see if this works. So like one of the tests I was running out, I was running was like, how can I close a captain of crush without doing captain of crush work? 
mm-hmm. can't be done or increasing the amount of training <laughs> that I'm doing. So like, I ended up like trying um, thick grip uh, one arm ten work that didn't work. So I tried after that doing it on a, a towel, like like a rope almost. Okay. And then that it seemed to work where it's like I was able to crush it, and I was like, oh okay, cool. Like maybe I'll try doing like no one or two of my reps per set on the towel instead, and I'll see if that gives me grip gains without increasing the amount of time that I have to actually spend training. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, I know the one I was like, you know, arguing with some people from um, the company called FRC. Okay. I don't know if you know, uh, you know, I got to a couple big arguments with them. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't know about the arguments. Let's hear this. <laughs> Tell me more drama. <laughs> Tell me more. We, uh, oh, so we, we were arguing with them. They, and one of them was basically like, oh, well, you know, if you're using things like hanging, that's not going to improve like your active mobility, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's a good test. Actually, let's run that. Let's run the test and see. <laughs> and we ran it, and I was like, oh, hey, by tweaking my hanging, I'm able to actually improve my active range. So my active range of motion that got better. So this is like I bring my shoulder up, my arm up, my mm-hmm. um, past my ear, mm-hmm. got better. And I was like, that's awesome. So one it disproves that person who was trying to talk crap to me and be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know, <laughs> your method isn't good enough. You got to do our prereqs, bro. And <laughs> yeah, the functional the functional training crews, they're, um, uh, they're still out there, huh? <laughs> they, oh. <laughs> they're, they're some of our biggest fans, I think. You know, they, they, just, they just love us for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I get where they're coming from, right? Because it's like yeah. it's probably they're working with people who are just – you know so out of it completely i mean yeah. do you guys how do you start with somebody you know who you know can't even do a, a real push-up on their knees you know what i mean yeah so like if we have someone like that right we, we have had a lot of people like that because a lot of people are untrained and mm-hmm. it's like okay well let's start off with an incline push-up like i had one person that started off with basically doing push-ups like on the wall it's like he started off there wow and gradually over and over time we brought her down to the ground she was fine um, same thing with split squats. You know, like we'll have people. Oh, they can't squat down. They got injuries. Mm-hmm. We'll have like a front foot elevated split squat, mm-hmm. um, which is basically like easier than walking upstairs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> we slowly, slowly lower it down to the ground, and they're getting stronger and stronger. We start to elevate the back foot. They're getting stronger and stronger. We add load. Getting stronger. And so you're saying <laughs> you're not using um, a ruler and a stick to put on my back and to twist a certain direction and. Oh, I'm definitely using that. Like, <laughs> I use a protractor because I, I want to see the angles and everything too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we make fun of it, but I mean, I don't know. You, you know, for me, it was kind of instant. Honestly, when I got into whatever the fitness industry or whatever, you know, it was like. I was like, this is all stupid, <laughs> you know, and it was like, it was basically like, I, I'm like, it feels like they're trying to sell me this. This is yeah. why it's so complicated. I mean, yeah. do you think any of it, anything out of that world that you use, any of those fancy kind of functional training techniques? I think like, ah, so, you know, I always, I make this, um, it's like kind of half joke, half statement. If somebody just got run over by a Mack truck, Mm-hmm. Uh, while they're age 80 and they have a <laughs> chronic degenerative joint disease and all they can do is move their like wrists like back and forth like this mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. yes that is the exercise that we will do um, okay. but until that kind of person shows up 
yeah, we'll start off when we can, you know, trying to make a wider range of games, and then we'll leave that kind of stuff for, for like, if we really, 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 for some reason, have an extreme case mm-hmm. who needs that. The problem I find is that a lot of times they're like, oh, this person needs it, and it's like, did you even test, like, a more, like, general approach first? No, mm-hmm. a lot of times they did it, you know? Yeah, yeah, the FRC <laughs> folks, you know? And I've been there and done that, and it was just like, oh, man, well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, we, we've all done. If you're a trainer, you've at least done it like at least one time. You've majored in the minors at at some point in life, so it's like I don't blame anybody for it. But it's like you no, know, once you know that you can try something different, go and try it, test it out. That's our whole thing. Like, you know, always test things out, see if you can save time and get those gains without doing as much. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And in your free time, are you still doing martial arts? <clears throat> yeah. So um, uh, currently we do um some boxing. And usually some wrestling nowadays. Nice. Um, so, like I said, we started off and I started off doing Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and then mm-hmm. wrestling. And then later I got into um, Judo and mm-hmm. boxing and Sambo. And oh, then... nice. Even Sambo. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I forgot. I've seen you mm-hmm. wear our Sambo shorts before. Yeah, that's yeah, what I did uh-huh. growing up, too. Yeah, man. That's I cool. Love those. It's so comfortable, by the way. <laughs> so comfortable. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, the the, the jujitsu guys and judo guys don't like our geese, though, because you know they're they're tucked in through the loop. Do you know what I'm uh-huh. talking about? Oh, the yeah, Russian yeah. geese. Yeah. And that's and that's because they don't want you to turn, be able to turn you. You know, because mm-hmm. it is easier when you're able to you know, use it as leverage point. I thought it was great. I mean, I love like sambo just because it's like uh, I like I like the the variety in the rules. Mm-hmm. And I like how the influence of like all the other arts. Like I don't know how to pronounce it from Georgia, but like yeah. Kita Opa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen like, those Georgian grip where they reach out and they grab the belt, and it's like, well, it's cool that your boat's looped through because yeah. you're about to go. Massive ride right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it really is kind of you know the original universal kind of martial art. I don't know the original, but that was the idea, you know, because guys yeah. went to Japan, they learned judo, and then they took some some uh, wrestling, like you said, from you know the Caucasus regions and all that, because uh-huh. that's you know Habib's kind of town. Do you follow UFC these days? Much? Yeah, I do. I you do. do? Oh, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. Cool. So you ready for DC and Stipe? Who's, who's oh, going to take I'm it? So excited! Yeah? I'm like. Oh, yes, my body is ready. I hope none of them, like, get, like, injured or anything. Like, Dude, please. the worst. Like, How about fucking Tony and Habib not for five times in a fucking row? That fight not... <laughs> It's that forever. Fight. It's forever, like, it's just what happened, right? It's crazy. Five never, times. That, that fight is cursed. It just literally is just, like, never going to happen, I guess. And <sighs> then after watching Gaethje, um, like, fight him, and then it's, like, it's totally destroyed Ferguson is a great yeah. now about to happen. So how do you think Gage is going to do about Habib, with Habib, man? What do you think? Uh, I think it really depends on which version of Gaethje comes in. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, I think that one who sits back and counterpunches uh-huh. was really effective against Ferguson, but I don't think that'll be as effective against Habib. I think, ironically, the earlier Gaethje, who walks forward at all costs... Wild man. Yeah. yeah, would be a little bit better because Habib hasn't really. I think I've seen him shoot like one takedown yeah. while going backwards, like yeah. one. I think against um, David, uh, not something Kortzer. 
I don't remember I the first name, I but but I agree with you on that point because yeah. I think that was Connor's mistake too. Connor didn't look like Connor, and whatever, maybe he would have still lost. But Connor yeah. was was being was kind of a lot, like you said, backing up, kind of same backing thing. Up, yeah. It's like you, I wanted to see him go out there and get it, you know, and that's what I think too. I'm like, I think that's the only type of fighter that could beat Habib because if you're just hanging back and waiting to counter, pff, he's gonna one leg you or whatever. Exactly, and it's just like all he needs is one. And he'll shoot, like, one of them to be successful, and you're going to be down there the rest of the round. So you can shoot all those takedowns, one mm-hmm. of them works, good luck, get ready to get pounded. Like, I think that happened with Dustin Poirier, too. Like, yep. Dustin, like, tried to, like, leave his hips back and lean forward and punch at him. Yeah. And the one time he hurt Habib was when he went forward and kept going forward, and then it's like he stopped, took the pressure off, and it's like, uh, yeah. I, people think, like, oh, Habib's like a takedown machine, so I need to like, keep on the outside. It's like, no, like, go yeah. after guy because if you don't he's gonna come after you and that's when he's gonna shoot at you yeah i think there's definitely that air that aura of him you know, people just being scared of him one yeah and also coaches just yeah thinking that okay we're gonna wait we're gonna wait and then it's like no dude yeah like i agree with you i think yeah. he really needs like a wild man to go out yeah. there and just and hey he might still fucking you know be <laughs> taken right. down but i yeah. think that's probably the only way it's gonna happen if just somebody like like you said if justin acts like a wild man just starts throwing shit out there and getting out there I think that's basically what's going to happen. It's like if he comes in the old school Justin, then yeah, I think that that could be a really interesting fight. If he's we'll the see. one who's going to sit back and wait, then it's like uh, you might be playing to the yeah. He reminds me of Cowboys sometimes because you know how Cowboys like on some days Cowboys there and then other days yeah. like Connor's last fight, right? It's just like nope, yeah. like I'm just not showing up today. <laughs> and it's like, and I get it, you know, you're not a machine, you're a person, but. It's hard to be a fighter. I mean, that's still, I think that's the way to be a successful fighter if you're just like a fucking, you know, I'm just going to do it every time. I'm, I'm going to be me every time. Yes. Who you got uh, against DC and uh, Stipe? Uh, I'm going to have to lean towards DC. What about you? Yeah? Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, I want DC. I, I want D- – my heart wants DC, you know. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if he will knock him out like he did in the first in fight. The first- I want to see it happen, though. You know, my heart wants I, it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think I lost you. Yeah, oh. I think we're back. <laughs> Can you repeat that last part? I just said, I, I, my heart wants <laughs> DC. I want to see him knock him, knock Stipe out. But I don't know yeah. if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like ugh, the same thing. It's like it kind of depends. Like, is Stipe going to do what he did last time? Because sometimes, like, I know that some fighters, you know, they find a weakness mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, that worked. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anymore. <laughs> it's the same thing that we're talking about really though right that, that's what it comes down to and that's one of my favorite fighters of all time by the way fedor you know whose career uh, yeah. was was astonishing and then mm-hmm. massively went down you know and yeah. you can say it's not his peak or whatever but it's just like over time you slowly saw fedor not being fedor he was and he was always a good, great striker, but he started being yeah. like a striker instead of being yeah. a sambo guy who could yeah. strike well and he kicked well and he had takedowns and he would armbar. I mean, how many armbars did that guy have? I mean, you know, what I mean, all, so many, so many armbars and like on his record. I thought that was amazing. And I thought the same thing with um, his fighting. It's like, okay, this guy's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. And then right when you think you're going to hit him back, he'll be taking you down. 
And then when he takes you down, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to get back up. He's going to hit you in the face again. And whatever you're doing, you're always going to be one step behind this guy. Yeah. But then later, yeah, he's become like kind of like, you know, yeah, you know, it was that first it was that first loss to um, Verdum. You know, yeah. who who triangle choked him. <laughs> and um yeah, but and, but even in that fight it was like, you know, he was just being this striker and then and then big I don't know if you remember Bigfoot. Remember Bigfoot Silva? Yeah. Bigfoot mm-hmm. he just raped him. I mean Jesus. I mean yeah. I don't know if you remember that. He just had him on the ground, he was pounding. Yeah. But this is when Bigfoot was like I mean, he's all natural. He definitely was not <laughs> taking any HGH having his fucking head so big. I mean, do you remember that? I I, I was shocked when he was fighting him. I was I was legit scared. I mean I was a huge fan back in the day and i was legit i was like he's gonna die <laughs> yeah yeah i was like okay this might be a little bit like too old like it's like you might need to kind of hang it up now at this point oh, like oh, it, it's so hard to watch that when like a fighter is like kind of it's it's rough on. it's yeah. you know, oh what do you think about mike tyson and uh, roy jones coming back out do you hear about that yeah, i think um <laughs> if that happens like i'm gonna say roy is gonna get hurt really badly <laughs> Like, I wow. think so too, man. Oh god, <laughs> I don't know if you know Roy Jones. He, he's a, uh, a Russian national now. They gave him a passport. He has a. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know. I think oh. he knows some, you know, politician. <laughs> you know, Russia. Is, I mean, we're it's all legit, you know, over there. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I'm gonna, you can go to Russia now. We'll huh? see. Yeah, but he's been knocked out how many times? Like five times in a row, or something like that. Well, Roy Jones? Yeah, maybe oh, more. Oh goodness, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think he's got it anymore. Like I, I, I would definitely favor Tyson and on that one. Yeah. Especially since the last thing a boxer loses is the, the power of their punch. So it's like <sighs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and then what do we got on the UFC card? We got uh, Sean O'Malley left. I, That's what I was going to ask you about. I didn't. I didn't get to watch that. Did that just happen recently? Oh no, not this weekend. I'm talking about no. this following weequend. That we this follow- okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I um haven't checked that card. Who's he fighting? Um. I can't remember either, man. Maybe I yeah. We can look it up, but I don't know. What'd you think of his performance last time? I mean, he uh, had a couple good performances. He's had a couple good ones. I haven't really gotten to check it. I might have to watch his entire career. Like Usually when I see a fighter for getting interested in them, mm-hmm. I watch their entire career from the start to the finish, oh. wherever it's available. Nice. I haven't gotten to see his yet, though. But there's, if he, uh, there's a couple fights on, on, uh, on the YouTube channel of UFC, so you can find it there. I mean, get ready I for a lot of that. weed. A lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's just smoking fucking weed everywhere he goes. This guy. <laughs> oh, this last weekend I remember now. It was De- Derek uh, Derek Lewis knocked uh, a brother, a Russian out, o- Olenik. Uh, I don't know if you see Olenik. Olenik. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This yeah. guy with giant forearms. You know, he just ch- strangled everybody. <laughs> Derek Lewis, man, knocked him out. This guy. I mean, fuck, man. I love that guy. He's like the epitome of like, you know what? I'm tired of being on the ground now. I'm going to stand up. Um, Forever. Stop it. It's just, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, man. That's heavyweight for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. There's some good fights. We'll see. We'll uh, chat with you maybe later after this weekend. Oh, we'll see We'll see how this weekend good. goes. Well, oh, thanks so much good. for your time, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. It's been awesome, man. Um, yeah. yeah, take care. Maybe we can do this again sometime, yeah? Anytime, we know we got a lot of free time because we don't train like uh, the way we used to anymore. <laughs> and that's the best way to end it. Mindful Mover, you guys got anything else out there besides your Instagram, you know, your website? Oh, so we have our Instagram, um, what's our handles, the underscore mindful underscore mover. We've got our website, the Mindful Mover. Um, and uh, we have our newsletter, which you can subscribe to on our Instagram. 
and we have our um, our YouTube, which is Money from Louvre as well. It's awesome. All and if people want to train you, they can just email you through the well, Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Let's do this Thank again. You. Take care, right. brother. <laughs> See you, dude. See ya.